Hazard Audio. This week on Sports Appeal, Matt Yo stands in for Matt Axelrod as the duo gets into the NFL Week 10 recap, MLB postseason awards, and Ronda Rousey hits the deck. It's right here. Sports Appeal may contain explicit language. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago, Sports Appeal. This is gonna be a home run. I just know it because I can see it in the future. With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve Gross. Matt Axelrod is off this week, so we brought in our favorite co-host, Matt Yost. Steve, Johnny, thanks for having me back. Good to be here as always. Good to have you, my man. Go find us on Twitter, at The Sports Appeal. We love interacting with you guys on there. We've been doing some Twitter polls lately. Send us your questions. We'll get you on the show. Our studio band is called Full Service. They provide all of our music on the show. You can get all their stuff on iTunes or Spotify or their YouTube channel or fullservicemusic.com. Go check them out. With us, as always, our producer, Johnny Five. And we're powered by Hazard Audio. This week's show, we got some knockouts in women's MMA. We got some NFL stuff. We got postseason awards being given out in Major League Baseball. Picks against the spread, as always. And another bold prediction from our guest, Matt Yost. First, let's start with the NFL. Week 10 in the books. We had some crazy endings, specifically in Baltimore. Jaguars beating the Ravens on a last-second field goal that maybe shouldn't have happened. Yeah, the refs missed an obvious false start there at the end of the game to give the Jags that opportunity to kick. Admittedly, that's a 53-yard field goal, so it's not a gimme, but they shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. Yeah, the pride of Marist College, Jason Myers, nails a long field goal right after the Jags were gifted a lot of yards by the refs. Not just the five yards they weren't penalized, but on that play... There's a 15-yard face mask call with Doomerville basically pulling Blake Bortles to the ground by his face mask. But you have to see this call if you're the referees. The left tackle was not set. I mean, the rule itself could be kind of a problem because it says you have to be set for a beat before the snap, which, what the hell is a beat? We know what the problem with that rule is. Yeah, I mean, nobody knows what a beat is. But that being said, kudos to Elvis Doomerville for stepping up and taking responsibility for that face mask penalty. He knew it was wrong, and you can't blame the officials. Baltimore can't blame the officials. If you look at Baltimore's play coming out of halftime, it's atrocious. Basically five straight possessions that ended in poor results. Joe Flacco turned the ball over three times on the first three possessions. Then Jacksonville punts, but oh shit, Baltimore (laughs) muffs it which puts Jacksonville in position to score a touchdown. So I don't think Baltimore can blame the referees for this one. No, they can't. And they've had a lot of bad luck this year, the Ravens. They're 2-7. and seven. Most of their losses have been by one score. So they've just been on the wrong end of a lot of these kind of games, it seems like. But at 2-7 and seven in the AFC North, they're done because they've got Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, who looks like they could be in the wild card race now. Cleveland, we don't need to talk about, but Baltimore is done. Jacksonville at three and six, very much alive for their division. The AFC South is just terrible this year. <laughs> it's astounding to me that a team could make the playoffs with potentially a sub 500 record coming out of that division. And nobody's eliminated. All four teams, even the lowly Tennessee Titans who fired their coach this season, <laughs> are still in the playoff hunt. It's amazing. The Titans are two and seven. They're only two games out of their division lead. And they're only a half game better than the worst record in NFL. Are you kidding me? This division is garbage. Yeah, the AFC South is a joke. Speaking of the AFC North, we talked about how the Bengals pretty much have that division wrapped up. 
they lost this week in a very surprising game to your hometown Houston Texans. Yeah, I don't think anybody really had the Texans going into this game, but they showed the type of team they can be when they're focused and when it plays up to its talent. Absolutely, and their offense was going nowhere until TJ Yates came to the rescue Finally found DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone. Finally got Nuke going. I was freaking out a little bit as a Nuke owner. He had zero points in the first half until like two minutes left. I was happy to see that, but TJ Yates once again comes to the rescue for the Houston Texans. I love seeing this. Yeah, this isn't the first time that TJ Yates has came in and, and saved that team. A couple years ago, he took them to their only playoff appearance. Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. And they are now tied for first place in their division. This awful division that we were talking about. I don't know why we're talking about it so much. But getting back to Cincinnati... Their offense looked terrible. This was the game a lot of people have been waiting for from Andy Dalton. Everyone's been waiting for him to fall on his face, and he did it big time. Yep. Latest in a long line of Andy Dalton chokes in big games. Yeah, and as J.J. Watt said, they made the Red Rifle look like the Red Rider BB gun. Andy Dalton took that way too personally. I did not understand his reaction whatsoever. Grow up, dude. I mean, it was just a good line. Matter of fact, here's what Andy Dalton said about that line by J.J. Watt. It's disappointing for one of the best players in this league to come out and say something like that. Yeah, and speaking of another controversy involving an NFL quarterback getting into a beef with players on the other team, Cam Newton pissed off a lot of people this week by dabbing in the end zone after he scored against the Titans. What's the big deal with this? He scored, he's dancing, you know, he's rubbing it in the other team's face a little bit. I guess you could say it's bad sportsmanship, but this happens all the time. Odell Beckham Jr. does it all the time. Players celebrate after they get a first down. They make a tackle after a guy gains 15 yards. They celebrate. What's the big deal? Why is this a problem all of a sudden? It's certainly taunting, so throw the flag at the guy, but I guarantee you that linebacker who's jarring with Cam Newton has also pulled off one of those like spoon-feeding things after sacking <laughs> a quarterback this year. A bigger story to me is the fan reaction to this. There was an angry mother who took her nine-year-old daughter to the game, a Titans fan, and she actually took the time out of her life to mother Cam Newton and send him a letter that said, you're a role model, Cam. You need to act professional in front of the fans and in front of the other players. I guarantee you, if you look at that game film closely, like you said, there are a lot of players in the Titans doing similar things and this mother had no issue with it whatsoever because they're Titans fans. They probably just didn't like it because their team was getting crushed, and then he's dancing. This stings a little bit, but get over it. And she sort of excuses that or uh, explains that by saying, we were very close to the end zone. We saw this are up close and personal. But nevertheless, there's nothing wrong with what Cam Newton did. And NFL athletes are not role models. Take care of your own house. Be a mother to your child. Explain to her why this is wrong and why her child shouldn't act this way. But don't criticize Cam. And if they were that close to the end zone, they would have also seen Cam hand the ball to a kid after he scored like he does on every touchdown. Come on, man. Give the guy some credit. And when we come back, the tweet says. Hey guys, it's Steve here. I know a lot of you have been wanting to try out DraftKings.com. Now is the perfect chance to do that. Fancy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. You just play whenever you want, pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Last year, $300 million were won at DraftKings.com, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Welcome back to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve Gross. 
That's Matt Yost. We are both CJ Anderson owners. And we're going to get right into the Tweet Zone. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. All right. We at Sports Appeal originally tweeted out, the Packers are 0-3 since Mike Ditka donned the green and puke yellow sweater. To which at TallMo09 replied, two of those losses came against undefeated teams at the time. I hate the fudge Packers, but R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, so this is about that McDonald's commercial where Mike Dick is wearing a Packers vest. It's disturbing to see that kind of thing. But might have put a little bit of a curse on the Packers here. Yeah, so I'm totally on board with Tall Mo on this. Packers fans and NFL fans in general need to relax. There's nothing wrong with the Packers. They're still tied for first place in their division. They still have two games against the Vikings left that they can easily put this one away. And they have Aaron Rodgers. That's my thing is Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, but they cannot run the ball. They can't do it. And Devontae Adams has been a huge disappointment. They threw the ball to him 21 times this week, and he had 70 receiving yards. You have to do better than that. Yeah, you do. They have obvious holes. You mentioned the running game. Also, their defense leaves a lot to be desired. But they have Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is coming off of a calf injury, and he's had two pretty strong games. One, I think, seven catches, and one 10 catches in his two games back. So they're making progress. They've been bitten by the injury bug. I mean, losing Jordy Nelson is a big deal. It's a huge loss, and Randall Cobb doesn't look right either. I think his shoulder injury... A little bit worse than they're telling us. Yep. Next up, at Ray Ray Charles 33 If the Heisman was this weekend, who goes to New York? Who gets left out that should be there? So ESPN's Heisman Watch, they're experts. Right now they have uh, Derrick Henry, Baker Mayfield, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, and Deshaun Watson going to the Heisman. Those are the safe picks. The most questionable one being Deshaun Watson because his numbers aren't great. Clemson's offense isn't great. They're a defensive team, and there are more deserving candidates for that fifth spot. I prefer to see Corey Coleman, who is lighting it up going to the Heisman ceremony. I love watching Corey Coleman play. He is a beast. He's big, he's physical, he's fast, he's everything you want in a wide receiver. Two other guys that could easily be sent to New York. Dalvin Cook from Florida State. He's been a little bit banged up, but he's averaging 8.1 yards per carry for the season. That's outrageous. And Christian McCaffrey, what else does this kid need to do to get some recognition? He gets uh, overlooked all the time. Yeah, because Stanford loses. I mean, well, Stanford yeah. has a two-loss team. Yeah, they are. That's true. But he's outstanding. He's a great running back. He really pops off the TV screen. You watch any Stanford game, he's the best player in the game. That's true, but everybody else in the Heisman race right now is a top player on a team in the playoff hunt, and Stanford just isn't anymore. No, nobody in the Pac-12 is. And finally, our next tweet is not a tweet from us or to us, but from Tony Romo. Tony Romo is making his comeback this week, and in anticipation of that, he tweeted out a winky face accompanied by this clip from the movie Major League. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. I love this tweet, and I love Major League. I think it's one of the best sports movies of all time. What this really shows you about Tony Romo is that he has the fire. He really, really wants to win, and he's going to try to will that team to a division victory despite having seven losses. And he does it in a way that's not... He's not displaying the type of arrogance and douchebaggery that Tom Brady and the Patriots are. So let's call this the Romo comeback tour. Oh, pot shot at the Patriots. You know I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, the Cowboys 2-7, facing some pretty long odds. But the Giants are leading the division at 5-5, five and five, so it's not like it's completely out of reach. Losing seven games in a row would normally put you out of the playoff picture completely. But not this year, not in the god-awful NFC least. Save your Romo. 
<laughs> That's it for the Tweet Zone this week. Moving right along, we have the MLB Postseason Awards. Let's start with Rookie of the Year, Steve. In the American League, Carlos Correa took it by a landslide. I am so excited to watch this kid play for his entire career. He's a carbon copy of Troy Tulowitzki with a little bit more athleticism. They're pretty much the same exact player. I love this kid. He reminds me more of Alex Rodriguez than he does of Troy Tulowitzki. Really? Because of the frame. He has that body. He's a young player. He's 21. Yeah. But he has the body that he can grow into a true power hitter like A-Rod. It looks like Correa is eventually going to need to make the transition to third base or maybe to the outfield. But this kid is a star for years to come, and he's absolutely the runaway favorite for Rookie of the Year. You're right about his frame. Have you seen that picture of him standing next to J.J. Watt? They look like cronies. Like, <laughs> there's not much difference between the two of them. We've tweeted it out before. We'll retweet it right now. At the Sports Appeal, check it out on our Facebook page, too, if you're not on Twitter. Hey, maybe Carlos Correa can play defensive end opposite J.J. Watt for the Texans <laughs> because Jadavian Clowney is MIA. They need some help. In the National League, again, not a huge surprise. Chris Bryant takes the Rookie of the Year award home there. The Cubs have been cleaning up. They took home the Rookie of the Year award. They took home the Cy Young and Manager of the Year. But the Cy Young going to Jake Arrieta, he deserves it, man. He had a great year. He does. I mean, all three of these are, well, with the exception of Arrieta, the Cubs awards are absolutely the chalkboard picks. You know, they were the favorites. They took them home. Arrieta surprises me a little bit. Only because Zach Greinke was dominant all season, and Arietta was only dominant in the second half. I'm with you on that. I kind of thought it was going to be Greinke as well, but I said the whole time going into this, if Arietta or Greinke get it, I'm not going to be disappointed either way. They both deserve it. Arietta had a historic second half to the season, led his team through the playoffs. They were a better team. No issue with that whatsoever. Yeah, arguing Arietta doesn't deserve the Cy Young is a complete non-starter. Yeah. What is surprising to me is that Jeff Bannister took the award home for uh, AL Manager of the Year and not A.J. Hinch. I thought A.J. Hinch deserved it. Hey, man, the Texas Rangers somehow won their division and made the playoffs. I don't know where they came from. They had no business being that good. Worst to first, in fact. They were the last place team in the American League West in 2014, and this year they took it home. However, A.J. Hinch still deserved it over Jeff Bannister because while the Astros have a lot of talent, it's all very young, and that's evidenced by their road record being so poor. They were 33-48 and 48 on the road. Nevertheless, I think this should have gone to A.J. Hinch, but kudos to the Astros. Dallas Keuchel did take home AL Cy Young, and deservedly so. David Price finished in second, who had also had a fantastic year. Moving on to the MVP race, we don't know who's going to win these yet. In the American League, it's Mike Trout, Josh Donaldson, and somehow Lorenzo Cain. I don't know why they picked Lorenzo Cain, but hey, he's in there. He's in the top three. Great player and a good team. I hate to bring up the Toronto team, but I think Josh Donaldson is the AL MVP, and it ain't even close. Uh, I would give it to Mike Trout. He had a great season as well. OPS 991. That's unheard of. Good for him. Either one of these guys could take it home and I'd be fine. Just as long as it's not Lorenzo Cain. He had a good year, but not MVP year. Same could be said for our National League finalists, all of whom are on teams that missed the playoffs. Who really deserves the MVP in the National League? It's got to be either Bryce Harper or Paul Goldschmidt. Joey Votto did have an outstanding year, especially against the Cubs. He always tears them up. Harper and Goldschmidt were both in the top five in like five different categories all year for batting. So either one of them wins it again. No problem for me there. Joey Votto wins it. I'll be pretty surprised. But like you said, not really a runaway winner here. Votto for comeback player of the year. There you go. Perfect. And with that, we'll wrap up this segment. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Ronda Rousey getting kicked in the face and sports madness. (laughs) 
fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com. Last year, $300 million were won, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. listening to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. Let's kick things off with Ronda Rousey. <laughs> kick things off. Maybe that a bad choice of words. Uh, she got kicked in the face, got knocked out, and she was pretty much just getting punched the entire time. Yes, she did. And I'm not a big MMA guy, but I love this fight. I expected to watch another 13-second Ronda Rousey takedown submission win. And what we saw was Holly Holm went three rounds with Ronda Rousey, and she beat her. Yeah, she did. And Ronda Rousey is probably the cockiest athlete that I can think of. And that's Floyd. saying something. <laughs> All right. Good point. But she's right up there with Floyd. And that's just evidenced by her strategy in this fight. She's standing there toe-to-toe trying to box a boxer. That's not your game. Yeah. Play your game. Take her to the ground. Get a submission. She had no business boxing Holly Holm. And no. Holly Holm was actually pretty daring. She took Ronda Rousey to the ground at one point. Granted, she got right back on her feet. But she proved that she's not just a boxer. The worst part of this for Ronda Rousey is she's not allowed to fight for 180 days now. So she's got to wait six months to try to vindicate herself and reestablish herself as the best female fighter in the world. You know what says something about the mentality of these uh, UFC fighters? That the UFC actually has to suspend them to prevent them from fighting again. So it's not just like, oh, she's on injured reserve. She's suspended. She can't, she's prohibited from fighting. After Rousey's last fight, there were a lot of people questioning whether she could get in the ring with Floyd Mayweather and whether she could actually beat him. We have our answer to that because she just lost to a female boxer in basically a boxing match, and Floyd actually offered to give her lessons in boxing. With that, we'll move to our bold prediction segment. We have all of our guest hosts give us a bold prediction before they get out of here. So, Yost, you've given us one before. You said the Big 12 would not have a team in the college football playoffs. What do you got for us this week? So I'm going back to the well on college football. My bold prediction this week is that Michigan State goes into Columbus, Ohio, and takes out Ohio State for the Big Ten's playoff spot. Ooh, that is bold. Ohio State is a much more talented team than Michigan State, in my opinion. Michigan State has a lot of flaws. So does Ohio State. They're flawed, too. But Michigan State has had a tough time beating lesser opponents. Ohio State, you know, they haven't looked great in their wins, but they haven't really been tested that much. I mean, it's funny that you refer to Michigan State's opponents as lesser. Ohio State's only played three games against teams with a record above 500. And granted, they've won all of them, but let me tell you who those three teams were. They played Penn State, Northern Illinois, and Western Michigan. (laughs) Well, when I say lesser opponents, I don't mean lesser than Ohio State's opponents. I mean just lesser than Michigan State is supposed to be. So that's what I meant when I said lesser opponents. And they have had a hard time against a few teams, almost lost a couple of games. Sparty, on the other hand, has gone through the Crucible. They beat Michigan. They beat Oregon. They beat the same Western Michigan team. And they beat the Air Force, who, by the way, is winning the Mountain West. They did lose to Nebraska, but they've weathered the storm and they're back on track going into Columbus. Sparty takes down Buckeye. That would be madness. And this is madness. Sports Madness. sports madness story involves ticket sales in the nfl normally you just see ticket sales climbing because of the secondary market and all that there's a game in december between the browns and the 49ers in cleveland both of those teams are very very bad tickets are going for 13 bucks on the SeatGeek app right now the average cost for an nfl ticket 84 dollars. you can go see this game 
for 13 bucks. That's insane. I'm going home to Houston next week and I'm going to try to catch the University of Houston versus Navy game. I can't get a ticket for less than 50 bucks. <laughs> for shame, Cleveland. Parking is probably going to cost you more than $13 at this game. And it's not just one. I mean, the same website, SeatGeek.com, has several tickets to this game for under 20 bucks, 16 bucks, 17 bucks, 18 bucks. Nobody wants to see bad football on a cold December day in Cleveland. True story. Our next Sports Madness story comes courtesy of Brett Favre, who sent out a video congratulating Peyton Manning on breaking the all-time passing record. And Brett Favre is in a tree stand <laughs> in full camo, clearly hunting. But he took time out of this to record a video, a 20-second video, and send congratulations to Peyton Manning who broke the all-time passing record in a game where he threw for 20 yards and four interceptions. It was the saddest record-breaking performance I've ever seen. But this is classic Brett Favre. This is what he does. He's, you know, the outdoorsman. He's the wrangler guy. He mows his own lawn, even though he's a multimillionaire. This is Brett Favre. You can't beat this. Yeah, everybody loves Brett Favre because he's us. He's all of us. Yeah, exactly. For our last story, Brett Bielema, the football coach of Arkansas, had an idea to help mitigate the strength of schedule conundrum that's going on in college football right now, where teams are scheduling not-so-great teams earlier in the season to try to get a couple easy wins and pad their stats. Matt, tell us about this idea. So Brett Bielema proposes that the Big Ten and the SEC play a challenge every year, where one week out of the year, every Big Ten team will play every SEC team, and it'll be a kind of an event like they do for college basketball. I think this is an asinine idea. <laughs> Brett Bielema is crazy. He's in the SEC. His strength of schedule is as high as it gets. And it's Arkansas. Do they <laughs> yeah. really need a few more losses on the schedule? That's a great point. I mean, I think it's a good idea as far as trying to mitigate the whole FCS team thing. But you just made a great point. I hadn't even thought of that, that their schedule doesn't need to be any harder. Like I said, I thought this was a good idea at first, but you made a great point. I can't argue with that. And as a fan of a team in a non-Power 5 conference, this just pisses me off, too, because in my opinion, this is just more Power 5 trying to form this super elite conference and keeping other teams out. And the SEC has proven they're capable of losing to non-Power 5 schools with Memphis taking down Ole Miss. That's going to do it for Sports Appeal this week. The conversation continues on Extra Points. Go find us there. As always, we're produced by Johnny5, powered by Hazard Audio. Go find us on Twitter at The Sports Appeal. Playing us out is going to be Mikey Muscle by Full Service off their new album, Lockers. Hell yeah!